Hey everybody, this is Andrew Wicklander again with another episode of the Project Idealism Podcast, and I'm joined this episode with Nate Cotney, who has appeared on the show before and is also now the CEO of HiRise, the recently spun out company from the company formerly known as 37 Signals, now known as Basecamp. Uh, so Nate, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Of course, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, when did we do this last? Like two uh, years ago or something? I think it was three, three, years, three years ago. Years ago. Wow. So I saw the announcement uh, on the on Signal versus Noise, and I uh, was thinking that exact same thought. And I went and checked out when we did the podcast last, and it was like three years ago. And I was like, man, a lot can change in three years. Yeah, I mean, and I had lunch with you like two years ago, I think, like yeah. soon after the Obama campaign. Oh, um, uh, yeah, 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 that's right. And whatever, I, yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, like, yeah, that conversation actually, like, you know, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff, but that was very helpful and, and led to other things and led to draft, which was what I was working on and still am, and, and this. Like, yeah, so that was a great conversation I had with you. That definitely was a... Uh, useful and helpful part of the discussion of things. I don't know if you remember, like we talked about like right room and, in 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 meeting like, um, yeah. a right board, sorry, not right room, but right board, 37 signals, old right board product and how it hadn't been touched in a while. We missed it. And I was talking about like, well, be interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking about touching something like that. We talked about that. And I don't know, just even your like, Hey, yeah, I miss right board. And yeah, I don't know. That was just like, well, cool. I want to see if I can make make a, another kind of right board, and that turned into draft, and then it kind of snowballed into what's going on now. Yeah, you know what I like using that stuff for, and what I think draft is 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 great for. I know a lot of people use it for different reasons, but is contracts. Like, mm. I've always hated the from like being on the oftentimes being on the vendor side of a contract relationship. It always bothered me that. Uh, like, I just want clarity on what has changed or not changed, you know? And, like, uh, for contract writing where you want to just change a few words here and there or modify an agreement, it brings real immediate focus to, like, what are you, what are people, like, not agreeing on in terms of the language of something? And then if you figure it out right away, then you move yeah, on. Yeah, totally. Know? And, yeah, and like, so, I uh, wish all of our laws were written in draft. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I mean that, um, yeah, and, and so that yeah, and, and right, the whole goal of that was, um, um, yeah, to kind of bring some of that ease. That I mean, you can kind of do some of that kind of stuff in you know Word still, but like, who wants to open up Word documents and email those back and forth still? Right, um, and then the track changes and right. the blue and the green and the red and the yep. yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Well, let, so uh, the big news is. Uh, and we'll talk about draft too, but uh, the big news is that you are now the CEO of HiRise, the new company spun out of Thirty Seven Signals or yep. Basecamp. Um, yeah. So for I mean, from a pure like selfish standpoint, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I was very excited about this because. I'm a high-rise customer, and as you know, I'm like a fan of the 37 Signals guys uh, and a fan of yours, and it just, to me, it's like, oh, wow, look at that. That's like perfect match for Thanks, <laughs> so. that, um that I mean, that's crazy. That means a lot. That, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, you've been, you, you've had like a weird, it, it's kind of even weird, like the seat that you've had to kind of see the stuff develop. Like I remember even meeting you the first day 
um, is when I was like presenting together, which was like you know my my favorite dead app on the internet. And it was what's what's crazy is together was created kind of to fit you know kind of fit into some of the holes I thought that kind of high rise had that I wanted to do with like kind of communicate communicating with the group and looping people into conversations or whatever. And yeah. I Jason Freed was there that day. Like he even gave a talk that day. I don't know. It's just been this weird connection of of random dots that didn't seem like it would ever connect. And now it is connecting. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. So, uh, I, I read the announcement obviously on signal versus noise. And so there's a little bit of the history there and I read your post about it, Thanks, man. but maybe for people who aren't aware, you can give like, so one of the things I think is really interesting just about the development of you becoming the CEO, there's a lot of things I find interesting of it from observing both 37 Signals as a company and also just sort of uh, you, which is over the last like few years, you've really, I feel like, kind of built a per- like almost like a personal brand, you know, like you're... You write a lot. You're pretty well uh, followed on Twitter. And why don't you just talk a little bit about, like, how it happened, you know, that you ended up becoming the CEO of this new company. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, maybe just what you think some of the things, like, you write a lot about how sometimes, like, you make stuff and then it works or it doesn't. And then you make more and it works or it doesn't. And you keep going. And, like, three years ago when we were talking, there was not any part of your brain that was like, oh, maybe three years from now I'll be the CEO of Highrise, you know, uh, and one of the board members of that company is going to be, like, the founder of 37 Signals and the creator of Ruby on Rails, right? right. So right. just, you know, talk about that, like, uh, weirdness that happens sometimes, I guess. Totally. And, and um and, and keep asking questions about this because, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of things that happened along the way. And I think a lot of lessons that okay. that I um, have taken from it and, and that I can talk about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just in, in a nutshell, um, for, for people that, that don't, you know, don't know me or don't know what's happened, it's, yeah, basically I, you know, I've been doing startups for a while now. It's been like nine years, ten years since I started my first company. It was like, yeah, like at the end of 2005, I started a Y Combinator company, Inkling, at inklingmarkets.com. Yep. And yeah, we've just been doing that. I, I did Y Combinator again um, and then, you know, failed kind of doing a, another Y Combinator company. was able to turn that into something else called Draft, which is some online writing software. Um, I think I launched that like a year and a half ago or two years ago. Um, and then, like you said, like, and is I, draft I, still donation based? Where like it's yeah, free to I, sign up, and you occasionally just say, "Hey, if you like draft, you want to yeah, talk yeah. somebody." And 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 I don't I don't really pick these donations exactly, but I mean it's 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 nagware, right? It's like, hey, if you like it, please pay me because okay. if you want, you know. And it's just it's just nagware. Like there aren't any limits on the software right now. And that works. Like that generates yeah. regular revenue. Just occasionally yeah. saying, "Oh like, yeah, hey. totally regular revenue." Um, I think someone could easily uh, make a living doing it that way. Um, hmm. uh, you know, I have enough revenue from it to hire support and 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 probably extra to do some development okay. projects on it. Um, so yeah, it makes, it makes good revenue. It could grow. And I, I play with, I, it could probably do better. I think maybe if it, if it had some restrictions, but I don't know. Um, 
it was one of those things I wanted to experiment with um, to see if, if people would enough people would pay me without just restrictions and to do it like nabware. And it does. It works. Uh, it's one of those things I, I'd experiment with if I had more time. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll change it. I, I don't know what the future holds for, for my payment model for draft. Um, but, yeah, it works. And I recommend people try it because it, it yeah, people don't like getting nagged. They will pay to make that go away. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, okay, but um, all right. So you were you. I, I interrupted you a little bit. So you were no, you you, you uh, so yeah. So you were uh, the founder of Inkling, and then you did the other Y Combinator, uh, which which uh, was City Posh, and then that kind of turned into Draft. Yeah, and then uh, in the middle of that was like I did the Obama campaign for six. Oh years. right, right. It's <laughs> been yeah. a really active few years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is crazy, you know, like I feel like with Inkling, I'm very proud of that company and what we did, but I really feel like I hit, I don't know what it was, like I hit some kind of like lull where it was like, you know, I made some software, it was really stable, the the clients kept coming in and leaving and coming in, leaving, like it was just a very steady kind of thing. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, like just weird, crazy stuff started happening. Not all good either. I mean, you know, I wasn't happy that City Posh didn't work out. Um, I was kind of upset. I was upset about that. Um, yeah. It felt like shit. Um, and, it, you know, I made some mistakes there. Just, you know, I think, I mean, there's, I still think there's some promise in what we were doing. But I also just, I think I, I, the biggest mistake I made was picking a thing that I, I wasn't going to stay interested in long enough. Uh, um, okay. And then, and then, yeah, the Obama campaign was exciting, and then I did draft, which which was cool, and and all this stuff, yeah, led to like what it what now happened, which was yeah, it became the CEO of High Rise. And so, um, how did this happen? I mean, yeah. like I know you've mentioned before that you uh, have reached out to Jason Fried, and you've gotten together and that kind of. But I mean, how did how did it go from you guys have had a few conversations to he taps you to be the CEO of like a. Uh, 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 company that they're spinning out you know what i mean yeah. that's like yeah. it's not you know it's it's not like this so what's weird about this is it's not like this isn't like a career trajectory that you you kind of really just plan for exactly yeah. but it's weird because i always wished for something like this to happen um you know and that's weird like i'm not you know i don't i talk about really i talk a lot of, to people about like optimism i'm a big believer in like writing down things that you want to happen in life and and i'm not like i actually really like books like the secret and i know lots of people that's going to drive them nuts and i'm not like a big believer in like what is that even called like metaphysics or something yeah yeah i'm not a new age metaphysics kind of person i don't I don't really believe the universe is like just making awesome stuff for me. But at the same time, like I do believe in being optimistic and like writing stuff down and and hoping for things to happen. Um, And so I, you know, for years, like, yeah, like I, like you have been a huge fan of the recent signals and Jason and David. Um, I mean, I think they were a big reason why I even got into creating startups in the first place. Um, And I don't know, you know, I always wish to kind of do work with them. Like I always thought like, you know, it'd be really cool to have like, 37 signals acquire my company and work with them. Um, (laughs) I mean, that was always a wish of mine, not something you can really plan for. Uh Uh, And, and nothing that ever really made sense, you know, like inkling is, 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 you know, big business software. It never really made sense. Uh, you know, like whatever. Um, so just over the years, like, I don't know, I've been bugging Jason or David over email, whether it's been, you know, security problems that I thought they could fix or, 
um, even just ideas. I, I'd send him my, I, and, and I know this probably annoyed them half the time, right? I would send Jason ideas on how to maybe improve the like conversion rate of base camp signups or something. Okay. Um, you know, just stupid stuff like that. And it's not stupid, but I would just try and keep like this relationship alive, you know, emailing every six months, emailing every year, yeah. uh, just to make sure they know who I was. Um, and then when draft came out, um, I, I don't know, just one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to just email Jason. Like, I know he's a really big fan of writing. I hadn't emailed him in a while. Uh, maybe he'd be interested in just chatting about product development and advising me on it. So I just sent him an email that was like, Hey man, you want to kind of, you know, advise me on this project? And yeah, he emailed me pretty quick and he's like, totally. He's like, what are you thinking? Just some product development discussions and sure. So we would just get together every, I don't know, two to three months just to talk about draft. Um, you know, he had some really good ideas that you see in the product, like even just simple things. He's, you know, he's really good at product development. Like we had some really great discussions on things like, um, even I was, I didn't know how to do, I didn't, you know, I don't like a lot of stuff on the screen. So I was like, how do I do character count and word count? So he's like, why not just, you know, do, do both in the same field and you click it to make a change and just simple stuff like that. But then he also had, he really pushed this concept of um, commenting out your writing, which you can, you know, do in draft. If you look in the help docs, you can basically like, you know, com- you know, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like what you do with with code. You right. can comment out a chunk of your writing and it'll remove it and put it into a comment um, that you could pull in later. He, you know, so just talking with him, we had some really great conversations about ideas like that that made it into the product, and. You know, to tell you the truth, in February when they announced 37 Signals was going to become Basecamp, I saw that announcement and I was like, man, that would be cool if I could take over High Rise. But it looks like they want someone to buy it. And one, <laughs> I don't have the cash to buy High Rise. It's weird how you and I had the same exact <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people, yeah. I mean, because it was, I, I want it. It would be neat to have an opportunity like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and two, I mean, it, I did ponder thinking, like, well, could I raise money to accomplish such a feat? Uh-huh. And that's, that's, that might be doable. That's something. You know, uh-huh. it, I've never raised a lot of money. I mean, Inkling was, you know, a combinator project. We built that off of, like, 15000 or $18,000. Yeah. I raised whatever they would wanted, you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. So I looked at that and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, I, that's not going to happen. And then, yeah. So dude, like a few months passed or whatever. And I just get an email from, I think we, me and Jason had even met maybe the day before to talk about draft. One of just these conversations we've been having uh-huh. and he emails me the next day. He's like, you know, this is crazy, but would you be interested in taking over high rise? And that's it. I mean, that, that's, that's nice. how it went down. Um, nothing all that crazy. Than really just, making sure Jason and David knew who I was and to try and just keep doing good stuff, running businesses over the years. So there's one thing that they wrote about in their posts that I feel like, uh, I mean, I get what they're saying. I have, uh, saying it's disingenuous isn't right, but I think it's sort of like an incomplete statement. They wrote about how they had people that were made offers for the, for the, the product to buy it, but they wanted people to go with the team. And so there wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't issues around the valuation of the company or whatever, but it was that people wanted the team and they didn't want to get rid of anybody on the team, which I totally get. But I think that's also a false statement because 
there are companies that, I mean, this is an extreme example, but there are companies that would have bought Highrise and their customer base for like a thousand dollars without the team, <laughs> sure, right? Sure. Or and so you take that number up to some number. So my thing with it is like, well. Saying that you came to terms on the valuation but not on the team, that's no different than just like we couldn't come to terms, right? Because I don't believe that it is a true statement that there weren't people willing to buy the product without the team. Sure. I think it's a true statement that there weren't people willing to buy the product without the team for a dollar amount that they were willing to sell it for. Sure. Sure. But that the way they positioned it is like, Oh, there was no issue with the valuation. They just wanted the team. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I guess, you know, I mean, and that's, that could very well be like, I don't have a lot of insight into those talks that they had with anybody sure, sure, about sure. selling the business. Um, but I don't know, you know, so this is, but you, but what you know, I find interesting about it is that it seems as though to me that they want to get the focus that they're, that they're gaining by, making high-rise a separate company and focusing their team on Basecamp. But there is, and I think this is to their credit, there's a certain amount of things that they are doing to protect their existing customer base and maybe by extension the brand that they have built and all that kind of stuff. Because the extreme opposite of that is maybe like, oh, hey, sure, Salesforce would have bought it just for the customers for 10 times as much as anybody else and then shut it down or whatever. So... Well, I mean, if you even go to Signal versus Noise today, there's a post that David put up yesterday or today or something about another company that um, exited with a big acquisition and now they got shut down, right? Microsoft bought something. I forgot what it was. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah. Website. Yeah. And so I don't, I also don't think Jason or David really love acquisitions, right? I mean, it's, it's a, Here's here's our baby that we worked hard on, and and now you have the right to shut it down, and yeah, piss off a bunch of customers, which right. they want to focus on Basecamp, but they also really want customers to not have an unpleasant future with this product. Yeah, and I yeah, think it's a blend of that. But it, again, we're just kind of speculating. I, I don't know those conversations that they had. Sure, um, I do though get the feeling that this is. This is a better deal than selling in this thing to Salesforce. Um, yeah, to be able to kind of support it to live on and have someone kind of run it. Especially, you know, I share many of the same ideals and thoughts and design philosophies as those guys. So it's like I think they, I think they're digging that right that that someone is going to kind of lead this thing in a way that um, yeah, yeah shares yeah. some of how they feel about things. Um, and, so, and so and uh, so. <clears throat> Since High Rise was built by the creators of Ruby on Rails, it was, I'm assuming, like the most pristine code base you've ever seen when you looked at it. <laughs> I'm just um, well, because it doesn't matter who ever wrote the code, right? Once it's right, like six right. months old, it's, right. you know, it's, it's actually so it's it's actually both, right? So like, there's some so incredibly talented people working at that company. Yeah, man. Um, I'm not even going to bother naming names because the list would just yeah. go on and on. <laughs> yeah. but there's super talented people writing code, designing things over. So things are really done really well and organized really well. I was actually very surprised how easy it was to get onboarded to the software. Um, You know, here's a product that's been around since I think 2007 is when they released it. Um, And I was able to, like, get it running on my laptop uh, in hours. And I was committing code that day, uh, deploying new features the next day. I mean, seriously, it was not that hard to get it started. And I don't think... um, 
I don't think there's a lot of projects that can say that. Like I think, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's very easy to just get set up and, and stuff like that, but it is old. Um, there is, there is a lot of stuff we need to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a blend of both. The, I think one of the things that sort of highlights the challenges for managing a product today, like in 2014, instead of in 2006 or seven or whatever, is the state of the high-rise iPhone app. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because, and I think it sort of talks about, like it makes, you know, uh, when you have multiple platforms to worry about and then multiple products on top of that and all the different code bases, it starts making sense, like why they made the decisions that they made. Because if you have a company like 37 signals and a product like high rise that have real customers and are generating revenue. And, you know, even with that being the case, you have like an iPhone app that is not on the latest OS or not designed for the latest OS. It just, I, to me, it just talks to the challenges that like every company has, no matter how successful you are, right? Like, Oh, Apple comes out with a new design for their operating system. And, you know, like they didn't prioritize like updating the app. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so I'm curious. Like when you look at High Rise as the new CEO, like what are the what are the things that you have in your mind about like where you want to take it? Like, does it? Do you want to sort of like? I feel if I took over High Rise, I might have a little bit of an approach of like first, I don't want to break anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Is it more like that or are you like thinking about ways you can change the product or just take it to another level or keep it? You know what I mean? Like what just sort of what's your what's your headspace around? With yeah. That? So there's 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 a lot of different kind of competing thoughts here. Right. Um, one. And, and I'll just I'll just riff on a bunch of the, those those questions and thoughts like um Yes, like the, you know, things like the iPhone app are in terrible condition right now. It's got like one and a half or half a star or something like that on the on this app store. Okay. Um, and you're right, like it's tough to, to maintain a, a mobile app at the same time as you maintain a web app, especially if you don't have the resources or the people to, you know, which Hi-Rise hasn't for, for a long time. That also being said, so, I mean, it is a priority for me to do things like better mobile support. I mean, we know everybody wants a better app for HiRise, and everybody wants uh, HiRise to even be better um, on mobile phones. Even the emails that get sent out um, don't look right in, in, you know, you're in a mobile email client. They're, too, they're old HTML emails, some of them. Oh, okay. So we have a lot of work to do. And it, so... I mean, all this said, by the way, I'm still like a happy paying customer. Oh, totally. So I'm yeah. not. Like, Thank you. Thank <laughs> you know, you. I'm not no, like, I get it. I, no, I know where you're coming from. Um, I mean it more in terms of like I feel like I find assurance in it that even companies like Basecamp sure. find this stuff hard. I yeah. guess that's right. my you know the that's right. like my own mental therapy about this kind of thing. No, totally. Oh no, totally. Um, so yes, we we have a lot of work to do, but yeah, um, I so yep, mobile hear hear everyone loud and <laughs> mobile's got to get fixed, and it will. We're we're working hard on this stuff. So, that, but so that being said, like we are, we're, we're like working really hard already, getting new stuff out. Um, so my my headspace is yes, I don't want to embarrass myself, of course. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of eyes, just you know, there's obviously customers watching this. There's a lot of people watching like how this is going to work. Um, and so I, I don't want to embarrass me. I don't want to embarrass 37 signals, base camp. 
Um, I don't want to embarrass them for, for making the decision of bringing me on. So I do have to be kind of careful. At the same time, if I'm too careful, nothing will get done. Right, uh, right, right. I don't know. So my philosophy in a lot of this stuff is I've never been a very – I've never been worried about being fired from anything. Like I, I refuse to work in a way in which I'm constantly covering my ass or worrying I'm going to get fired. Sure. Um, I did this when I was working at Accenture back in the day when I got out of school. I just I, – I, I didn't care. Like I, I tried to be responsible. I tried to do what was best for the company. But I, I refused to like worry like is this going to get me in trouble for doing this? And I noticed that even like – I feel like I, – I don't know if you remember like – uh, the, the the history of even creating Basecamp in Ruby was also, I think, a decision David made without telling Jason about. Okay. David um, picked Ruby and started creating this Ruby on Rails framework when David when Jason thought Basecamp was getting built in PHP at the time. Yeah. And I, I want to bug them some more for even in these details, but I feel like that was awesome. Like David just didn't give a shit, right? Like I'm going to do this because I think it's best for the company to make this thing in Ruby. I think it's best for us. Um, and yep. you know, Jason could have had a fit about it later on, but he didn't like it. And in the end it was the right choice and, and David made it. He might not have, if he was constantly worried, Jason was going to fire him for making a decision. Right. Like that. <laughs> right, um, right. Right. Anyway. So that's kind of how I'm trying to approach what I'm doing now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely trying to be very cautious, uh, not break anything. There's a nice test suite. Uh, you know, we, 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 we're constantly hammering on any of the new stuff we're building, but also too, I'm trying to really also take into account you know, current customers' workflows, like all the defaults people expect. I'm trying not to, like, change those. So if you expect that the default is, you know, deals are sorted by alphabet, when you go into high-rise tomorrow, deals are going to be sorted by alphabet, even if we have new sorts and filters available. Okay. I'm trying to spend a lot of time, and the, the team, you know, we're building, um, are, we're trying to spend a lot of time just really understanding how pe- people currently use high-rise and not screw with that. So what do you see, like, what do you most, so to me, I use high-rise mainly as, like, an address book on steroids that lets me see previous conversations I've had with people. But I know other people that use it as, like, a sales tool, and then some other, like, I know attorneys use it to manage case files. Like, what's the... You know, Ryan Singer talks a lot about the, the like, designing around the jobs to be done, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, what are the jobs that people are doing that high-rise is yeah. designed for? Yeah. So it's a little all over the place. This is something still, like, I'm getting up to speed with, too, right? Like, I, yeah. like, I have a, a, a little project right now where I'm just starting to kind of investigate how people are using high-rise. Um, it's all over the place. Like it, right now, like high rise, and maybe it's a good thing. Like I'm also tr- still trying to figure that out too. Um, right now, high rise is used for all of those things you mentioned and more. Like it's being used as a as an address book, a group address book. It's being used as a um, as a CRM, you know, a very lightweight CRM tool to like you know make sure like deals are happening. Right? There's a very like lightweight deal mechanism in in high rise to keep track of you know is there progress on deals? Are we winning deals more than we're losing deals? Um, there's a lightweight help desk in there, right? You can make cases, like yeah, so if, if, yeah. A, if it, it, so, it can do customer support even, you know, and and so is, is you know, so it, it's it's not as full featured as say a desk.com, but it's it's definitely got cases, and you can assign tasks and keep track of a, a case and enclose a case if if you if you do customer support. So people are doing all of that with this thing. Okay. Um, Okay. Which is good. Man, and I bad, never even right? thought about using it as a customer support tool. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
And so it's it's a little it's all over the place. And and so I'm even currently using it as like a call list, like a call sheet. Um, you know, like I'm doing a lot of just fielding. Um, I want to do a lot more interviews with people who are using products I make, things like high rise, things like draft. And I'm like inputting a bunch of, you know, cut contacts in the high rise and then ticking off, like, have I contacted this person yet? Do, who else do I still need to contact? And then, you know, so people are even using high rise for like call sheets, right? Which, um, and, and so all of, again, all of this being said, high rise can do a lot better in the, like all of these areas, whether okay. or not I'm going to, to make it do better in all these areas. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. still getting figured out, like what that roadmap looks like. Um, but I am a big fan of products that do, they don't do a lot, but fit into a lot of jobs and a lot of functions like draft, like draft is this writing tool that people don't just use to write blog posts. They use it to write all sorts of stuff, even keep things like to-do lists. And it's, it's, it's nice because it's like a Swiss army knife or it's like a duct tape or WD 40. It's like yeah. this thing you can use for a lot of different stuff, but it's simple. And so I don't know. I'm attracted to like high rise in that regard. Like it's a simple contact book, but it fits into a lot of different use cases. And so I don't know. I don't know if that, that's where exactly I'm going to go. It's getting figured out, but that's kind of the stuff on my mind. Right on. And so you, it's we. What seems like a weird spot to be with where you're, what you're doing with high rise is like you're starting a new company, kind of, right? But you have, like, this massive user base, and you have what I'm assuming is some pretty significant revenue that you get to work with. So it's, like, kind of, it seems like a really amazing opportunity because you're, you get to take, like, a fresh look at it, but you have, like, a real, you know, you know pretty quickly if something's working or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's. 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 It, it is. It's an awesome opportunity. I mean, it's a little bit of a curse too, right? Like it's like it's hard to do experiments. You have to be much more careful because yes, there's a lot of customers that like you know like we just deployed something now that um, I don't know. Did we just break somebody's thing? Like, or is it a, <laughs> right. an old bug? And and how widespread is this? Is you, if you're a startup, you have this like um, opportunity of like working in. Um, almost like a, a force you don't even have to be trying to work in secrecy but you are right like nobody knows what you're doing and even if you have some customers you might have just a dozen customers you know so like you can do things and 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 break things and, and not a lot of people are going to notice yet right now a lot of people would notice if all of a sudden higher i stopped working <laughs> um, so it's it, it is it's an awesome blessing no kidding like it, it feels a lot like a startup but not a startup like i get to come in build a fresh team, work on some fresh ideas. Um, I'm not being micromanaged like Jason and, and David are, are there to, to – to, and I've got the full base camp. You know, I've got their support team. I've got their sysadmins. Like I've got all of the supportive base camp, and yet they're not like making me do things. Like I've right, got like right, total right. leadership to get stuff done. And like you said, revenue and, and customers to, to measure the success of the stuff we do. Um, so that's all there, and it's yeah, it's really awesome. And yet, at the same time, I'm really nervous every time I hit the deploy button <laughs> in a new in a new way than than I have been before. So yeah, right on, right on. All right, well, we're we're sort of approaching our half hour mark, so I wrap up over the next like five minutes or sure, so. And, and whatever, um, we can go longer. We I've got all right, whatever you want. All right, cool. So, um, I mean, I do want to talk about high rise a little bit, but uh, a little bit more. But I am. Uh, I am inter- like how so 
High Rise is spun out so that they can focus on um, uh, base camp. You're building a team for High Rise, but you have Draft. Like, is there a chance that Draft and High Rise are going to get married up? Are those two totally different companies in your mind? Like, how do you? And and I, you know, we don't need to go into too much detail on this, but I know that Draft was sort of born from the like Y Combinator investment. So are they like, what's the deal with them and you and High Rise? And is there, you know, what I mean? Like, what's the so for the Nate Cotney like uh, uh, you know brand like what's what's going on here you know what I mean so yeah so I so Draft is remaining right now a uh, just an independent company okay um, you know the goal is Draft makes enough revenue now to to pay for things like support and development. Um, outside of me, so the goal is is to to bring some people on. Okay. Uh, as I can't handle that, but yeah, what's been crazy? So I got into this thing because I thought there there would also just be a neat opportunity to raise the level of awareness of draft. You know, like I've got Jason Freed talking about draft and, and signal versus noise. So right now, draft's user acquisition is like through the roof. Okay. Um, you know, I've like, you know, it's crazy. Uh, it's awesome, and so draft's doing really well. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I want Draft to continue. Draft can't go away. I mean, it's something I've been, I've been telling, you know, customers. But I'm still the, probably the most frequent user of Draft myself. If it went away, my okay. life would be in trouble. <laughs> okay, um, so okay. Like, I, I still use Draft. I, wrote, I use Draft to do customer support tickets right now for high rise. You know, I've been answering some customer support tickets r- using Draft. Um, oh, that's I just, interesting. I just launched – I just there's a bunch of features coming up next week. I did an internal um, – announcement to a bunch of people at Basecamp about what, what what's new at Highrise. Use draft. Like, you know. So draft is still really on my radar. It's gotta work. It's gotta work well. I keep the, the you know the new revolution account open all day, making sure everything is is ticking along. Um, so draft's gonna, you know, keep going. Um, obviously I'm gonna have to bring on support and, and people, you know, as you know, my, my focus is now completely on high rise. Um, but all that being said, I don't know what the future holds. Like my, my, my future, my short-term now goal is I've got to get high-rise momentum going again. Okay. Um, and so my, my, all my focus is on getting features out, improvements to high-rise. Um, I do think like high-rise is helping me interview people at Draft, and Draft is helping me do things at high-rise. I don't know. It's possible um, I decide, you know, draft should get acquired by high rise and it's two apps that I maintain at, at the company. They're very different though. Um, you yeah. know, the user bases are very different. So I don't know if that makes sense. Um, so we'll see, I don't know what, you know, right now it's going to remain independent. I think they're going to remain independent very well. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I really can't tell what the future holds for, you know, acquiring draft. Yeah. Right on, right on. So, uh, well, maybe we should wrap up by just talking about writing in general, because I mentioned to you one time, I think the first time you were on the podcast, you were in, like, the middle of a wall from writing, actually. Sure, yeah. And, uh, again, from a selfish standpoint now, I'm worried you're going to go into another writing lull. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, and to tell you the truth, dude, like, that... that um, that interview we did back then, and you, you know, we talked about writing. I mean, that was that was awesome. Like, and I and I still remember that. You, you know, you offered you know some really nice um, uh, you know thoughts on on my writing, and and I've always kind of kept that in mind. And that was definitely a, a big motivation to kind of get back into it. Um, I regret the you know not you know stopping writing for a while because. Um, I mean, you know, a year, two years, or whatever had, had went by, maybe three of like just really like 
you know, just only sporadic writing, stuff that I really could have, like, I could have built a lot more momentum behind my writing a long time ago if I had, had focused on it more. Um, but so over these years... Overall, though, you've done a pretty good job. I mean, yeah, you maybe have some, like, downtime or whatever, but in general, I mean, on, a, on like, an eight-year time horizon, you've right. done a pretty good job, right? Thanks. Yeah, but, but, you know, that conversation you and I had, I mean, it, it weighed on me and, and was a big part of getting back into it like a few years ago when i started writing again on on ninjas and robots like i made it a point to publish something once a week um and i did that like religiously for about a couple years um and so all of that has been a huge part of like you, you said earlier about kind of building a personal brand and if i hadn't done any of that there's no way I mean, this whole base camp high-rise deal didn't happen just because I built Draft. I mean, a large part of it was because of building this personal brand and, and getting my writing out there and, and, you know, getting people at even base camp to, to tweet about my writing. Um, writing is, is insanely important to what I've been doing so far, and it's going to be insanely important to how I continue doing this. Uh, like right now I'm getting a lot of traffic from fast company to high rise just because okay. of the article I wrote there about this, yep. the, the new, the new company. Um, so it's, I'm not stopping. Like right now there's a little lull for the past few weeks just because I'm inundated with just high rise yep. getting up to speed. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got tasks right now to get another article done for beta beat. I've got blogging to do about stuff going on at high rise and, and stuff I'm even observing that base cams doing. That's kind of neat that I think I have a unique kind of, you know, now I can kind of observe stuff going on inside base camp that I think is pretty cool. Um, I'll be writing on signal versus noise at some point here soon. Right on. Um, so writing's going to be important. You'll, you'll see more of it. Don't worry. I'm not going to let it drop like I did, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a little lull currently that I think I'll snap out of here in another week or two, but I think it's a good, uh, t- to me, it's just interesting watching it from, you know, a little bit removed or whatever, because it is a, uh, it, it shows the impact that, like, consistent, regular, authentic effort can bring to something, you know? And even if there's not, like, a direct and immediate impact on a specific individual thing, that the collection of your whole body of work is what people are looking at and what matters, right? It doesn't even yeah. matter that, like... Like you said, you were really super bummed out at one point over City Posh, right? But in the context of Inkling and draft and your writing and the Obama for America campaign, then it just sort of like helps round out the whole overall story. It's not like, Oh, it would almost be weird if there weren't like some failures in there that didn't right, work out. Right. right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Right on. So man, so, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, you, you're absolutely correct. Like I, I'm a huge believer in like just this consistency to like, I think a lot of people approach, Everything from 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 entrepreneurship to writing is like something that they like they they give it a try for like a little while and then it doesn't work out and they're done with it and in like a little try I mean I still people try to run like a, a business for a couple of years and then they give up and then then it's like I'm never doing that again and like you're that's true like that does happen and like you're writing you know it you, like you've said like I've been writing for you know off and on with bouts of consistency and non-consistency for like eight years. Like it takes a long while to, I know, to man. get good at this. And I still don't feel good. I'm, I feel like even just, just recently in the past like half a year, 
I've reached a point where I'm starting to actually like, you know, I, I feel like I'm starting to actually really kind of enjoy more of the, some of the stuff I'm doing. And so it's taken a long while to like study people's writing that I really like. Am I, you know, doing as good of a job as them? Um, yeah. And it's, it just took week after week after week after week. And like, yeah, when I started Ninjas and Robots, even though I had been blogging for years before, you know, some of those first posts were, you know, total duds, just nobody there. Maybe even the writing is good, but there's just, I don't have the followers, nobody's spreading it. It, it, there's so many variables too. You just have to just keep working on it through yeah. all of that shit. Um, and same thing for entrepreneurship and, and startups and, and how I got here. A lot of it was just consistent action, like just to keep the moti- you know momentum going. Just don't stop. And it's so, such a cliche trait thing, but like I don't think people realize like how much work you just have to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and yeah, it t- and it takes like. Sometimes it's just, you know, it just takes time sometimes, like, you know, effort and time. And sometimes there's not a way to, like, increase the effort to shorten the time. It just takes, you know, I was talking to, a like, a, an aunt of mine that was over at our house the other day just about business and where we're at with things and whatever. And... I was like, you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes you're like 14 or 15 or 16 and you're like wanting to go to college and you just got to wait like two more years, you know, it's not time yet. And I look at, like you're talking about your right, like our, we're going to have our eight year anniversary in December as a company and I feel like we are just starting to be like, Okay, yeah, there's like some stability here, a foundation. And I don't, I mean, there are the Instagrams of the world that exist on the rare occasion, but I feel like people still don't realize like the extent to which the internet is kind of like a lot of other businesses. Like, internet businesses are like other businesses, and they're like, yeah, it's gonna take four or five or six or seven years before you know, like, if it's going to do well or not. And there's not, I don't know if there's a lot you can do to, like, speed that up all the time. Well, and and it's a mixture of things. Like, I also, um, no, you're right. Like, there's very, I'm still, like, I know there's some new research and people go back and forth about the 10-year, 10,000-hour Malcolm Gladwell rule, whatever. I know some people are apparently very, like, they hate that thing. and I. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know. Seriously, it, this stuff takes a long time. Like, right. <laughs> you do not get good at writing overnight. You don't get good at, like, you know, I've been working at this writing stuff, and I'm still getting better at it. Like, it still requires work. I just took a writing class myself just to kind of, you know, see, like, what other people are doing. What do teachers talk about writing? Um, That's yeah, it's you- crazy to me that people expect to, like, start a new blog, and it's just going to, like, blow up. Right. Like, no. Work on it for a couple of years, and then you do it some more for another couple of years. Like then you'll really start seeing some progress. You know, uh, you you mentioned uh, uh, like the the consistency with the writing and the and and for me, I think like the publishing. So the for me, I notice that I actually when I'm writing blog posts, I can't use writing tools like like Draft. There's a writing tool called Omwriter that I like a lot. A lot that's mm-hmm. um, like a native Mac app. But I have some weird thing where when I'm not writing 
in an environment where I can quickly ship that thing that I'm writing, even if I save a draft and I think about it and I come back later, there's something like I was noticing a pattern where when I was using writing tools, I was actually publishing those posts way less frequently because I would like write them and then they would sit for a while and I wouldn't publish them. And I'd be like, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not as good as I could have done. And I don't come back. There's some weird lizard brain thing going on when I don't like write it. And then if I, if, if I can't, when I decide to publish it, like push a button, it just like, it doesn't go out. Sure. Sure. Um, so I'm curious to know for your writing, do you do anything like, I don't know, to make sure that you ship whatever it is that you're writing, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and the thing that, so the thing I kind of lucked into in the, in the past few years was like, when I started Ninjas and Robots, I started on the Subtle Blog Network. Yeah, which, yeah. Which was really new at the time, and it was only, it was invite only, and they were just inviting like people who were running companies or whatever, and I emailed the guy, Dustin um, Curtis, the guy who founded it, and I was like, dude, I'd really like a chance of doing it. I don't know if, I'm not your probably your caliber of entrepreneur that was writing on there at the time who was like, you know, um, some big VCs in, in Silicon Valley and whatever. And so he gave me, you know, he let me do it, but he made me promise to publish at least one thing a week. And so that forced me like I I don't I didn't know what would happen. Like if, if I didn't publish something one week, is he going to kick me off? And so it, it gave me this like impetus to like don't don't screw up. I have uh, to publish okay. once a week. So I don't typically like publishing stuff on Friday, but you you found me in those early days. Like I, if, if I had a hard week and I couldn't get to something, I would still publish something on like Friday afternoon, even though like nobody's around to even read that crap on Friday afternoon. Um, Got yeah. But um, I'm no. So, so that's still a habit though. I have like, I'm, I'm a big believer in momentum. Like you see that with draft and you're going to start seeing it with high rise, like this just constant scheduled momentum. Like, I, you know, if you don't like what you're writing, trim it down, Come, you know, make it smaller in such a way that like it is something you can publish. Like I do that a bunch with these features for draft and now with high rise. Like if there's something that's going to take a long while, like what tiny little chunk of it can we at least get out today? That's like something so that at least we can constantly just keep shipping with draft. I was shipping every three weeks. Like I just forced myself, like we have to ship I have to ship a new collection of features every few weeks. And now you're going to see it with high-rise. I don't know what the time frame is. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's five weeks, six weeks. I'm not sure. But, like, already next week, you're going to see a nice list of stuff we've got done. And you're going to keep seeing that over and over and over again. Uh, because if we stop doing that, like, if we lose momentum, we hit lulls and people stop paying attention and we stop caring. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got to just build momentum, and I so I did that with writing, and I did that with draft. I'm gonna you know keep doing it. And I think it's it's a big. Um, there's a lot of there's a neat company. I, I think I've written about it before. A company called Medtronic. They call it called it train schedules. They just kept kept scheduling innovation and scheduling when they would ship stuff, and like before that, they like went ten years before they shipped like anything good. And as soon as they got on like a schedule of like shipping stuff, they just started doing better again. Right on. Well, hey, man, I think that's, uh, I think closing on the importance of momentum and cool. all that is a good way to, to, to wrap it up. I really, man, thanks a bunch for joining me again. It's always good to talk with you. I'm super excited for both you thanks. and Thank you very the, much. The and, product. dude, I, yeah, I can't say it enough. You've been a, a huge help in supporting what I've done with writing and draft and, and now high rise. Like, I really appreciate it. Great, man. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, man.